You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Um, welcome to all the things. Yes, welcome to all the things. I am Monique Dusan. And I am Krista Bontrager, also known as Theology Mom. And this is the show where we talk about all things related to God, life, and the Bible from a historically Christian perspective. Thank you for joining us tonight. And helping us on the show this week and nearly every week is Mr. Wonderful, Bob Bontrager. Staying healthy. <laughs> he's ready. Staying ready, healthy. Ready for the coronavirus. I'm good. <laughs> and he's got the right kind of mask. It goes all the way around. Yes, none, no none, gaps. None of those little gappies on the side with the medical masks. No. Looks like you're ready to go paint a building or something. All right. There it is. Well, we're here. Yes. We we've made here. it. We've made We've made it. We've made it through the craziness of the week. We've well, made it. Welcome to our uh a coronavirus safe activity yes. on a Saturday night. Yes, I think we're too close together, but <laughs> we're we're making it through. Yeah. Hey, if you didn't catch last week's show, yes, go uh, check it out. You can catch the replay. Uh, we talked to our friend Lori Stewart about feminism. Lori is a, a former liberal feminist, and we had that was a really interesting conversation. Uh, just she broke everything down for us in terms of understanding the history of feminism and where it is now. And but especially I felt like the really big component was about human rights yeah. and the connection of human rights to the Christian worldview. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, we also had some discussion about your Stephen boy Fertick Yes. And whether or not he has. He might be drifting into uh, the heresy heresy of modalism. But after the show, a very astute listener reached out to us and brought it to my attention. We had made an assumption that uh, Pastor Fertig had not been to seminary. I don't. Yes, it was an assumption, but it was more like just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, maybe he needs this in his life. Maybe there's no, like, true seminary education. Yeah, it was an assumption. Yeah. But but uh, I was wrong. <laughs> I didn't even bother to Google it. I'm sorry, Stephen. I, I didn't think to because I just sort of assumed if somebody had a Master's of Divinity from a Southern Baptist seminary, they would know how to avoid the error of modalism. But... I was wrong. Now, if you don't know what the error of modalism is and you're like in my camp, (laughs) then go ahead and watch the video from last week. Yes. Yes. So we uh, so I wanted to offer a little uh, correction and amendment there and um, just uh, let people know um, that he did, in fact, go to seminary. Uh, but if you want to catch the replay, you can go on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the big announcement. Yes. I wish we had like a drum roll, drum roll. or something. Is that all the things now is, has its own kind of stream on Apple Podcasts. Yes. You can go and catch us on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. Uh, Spotify and Google, Google Play. Play. Yes. So just type in, in the, your search bar. Right. Yep. All the things. And then you might have to click on shows, at least on Apple Podcasts. You click on shows 
and you scroll down a little bit and then it'll be there and you can subscribe and you can get it has its own feed now and we want to say thank you to our volunteer and our uh, a generous person in our life who helped to uh, fund it and we're just very grateful to yes. be able to do that so so much gratitude going around this week yes you know what I'm just gonna say we are twinning it out this week or this this Saturday because yes. these are things that make us happy <laughs> during a week where things have come around that have not made us so happy chips and salsa on repeat makes me happy yes everyone should have chips and salsa nearly every day every day people People, it's a problem (laughs) that's okay though i can own mine monique and bob love their chips and nachos every Uh, day and i want we want to invite you to join us in the chat box you can go either to theology mom or to our testing out our new all the things youtube channel as well tonight but uh we want to encourage you go over and uh, check out the chat box and engage with us. Some of our frequent viewers are there. Oh, Danielle from my small group is there saying hello. Our friend Laura is there. Keisha. Keisha Tracy and Annette. Annette or, uh, Tracy's also in my small group. Glad everyone is getting here. And we are looking forward to some good conversation on the show. Yes. Well, about the coronavirus. You know it was coming, folks. Don't act like y'all didn't know it was coming. Because uh, all things related to God, life, and the Bible, th- this, culture. This is it. Yes, this, this is, is it right like now. All the news all the time. We're like, I guess we don't even think about There's the, the, the topic. There's nothing else. Because this is the topic, because pretty much everyone's a homeschooler now. Everyone's a homeschooler. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> making me so happy. Everyone is on rations because yeah. you can't get anything at the store. Yeah. I don't, we went in or I went in, I went into a local food store out here. The line was all the way back to the end of the market. Like the, the market ran out of room and there was, yeah. there was and a then, wall. And then there was nothing <laughs> on the shelves. I was like, I will not. The devil is alive. <laughs> I will not wait in this line. If we don't eat tonight, then we will just. We'll work it out, <laughs> but we will not be waiting in this line. That's right. Yeah, the, it's uh, it's pretty real out here on on the West Coast. Uh, Abby's school is canceled. Yeah. They don't even know what they're doing next week. They just know the kids can't come. Yeah. So they're sitting at home waiting for the teachers to learn how to use Zoom. Uh, hey, you know what? I'm available if you would like Zoom training. I'm on Zoom all the time. <laughs> I should have a PhD in Zoom. In fact, one of the gals in my small group says she has stock in Zoom and it's been going up. So, yes. <laughs> uh, and um, Biola canceled uh, its in person classes. Everything's online now. So, profs are scrambling to get stuff onto online platforms it's a mess i read something that there's like over a hundred universities that have canceled classes wow i was like wow i didn't even know there were a hundred (laughs) universities but there's that yes um so classes have been canceled Uh, i know azusa pacific university canceled theirs um around here cal poly laverne my intern i was like wait she said, you know, they canceled my classes. And so I'm not from around intern anymore. She's like, I'm not from around here. Oh, so I'm no. going home. I was like, wait, no. I had a whole project for you. We are in a project. She was like, no, I got to go home. Oh, oh really? No, <laughs> it's, it's logistics. I can't, you know, I can't blame oh, no. her, but yeah. this is our life. We went yeah. to, 
We went to three stores yesterday on the way home from work. Well, first of all, we went to Walmart Thursday night. Wasn't too bad. No. We got some stuff. We got pretty much everything we need. We'd have a list. Things didn't seem quite that bad yet. And then, but the, the state of emergency hadn't been declared. Exactly. I think it, that's what changed it. So the state of emergency was declared. And when we went back to Walmart on Friday for the things that we forgot, everyone had managed to lose their minds. <laughs> it was a mess. Everyone was fine on Thursday. Yeah, there but was still plenty of But on Friday, food. it was only 24 little hours. And everyone had lost their minds. Lines. People, now they have barriers and barricades and you got to make a maze. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's I can't just get way. my toothpaste and go home? No. Stanchions out. Yeah. Yeah. The guy was like, I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. People getting in fights over like bleach. And, <laughs> and yeah, I could have been one of them. Um, yeah, we don't yeah. want to see you on a, in a Twitter video getting in a fight about bleach. No, no, <laughs> no. No, that won't be me. But I will say we didn't need bleach and I had to get it. So, yes. Oh, Hi, yeah. Kimba. Yes. So we thought it would be good for us to just to talk about the whole situation, the cultural moment that we're in. Yeah. Kind of from a Christian worldview, we've been having some conversations throughout the week, different thoughts and thought it would be good for us to sort of pull a lot of those thoughts together and, and hopefully our viewers will chime in with their thoughts as well of what's happening because we really want to think about it in a distinctly Christian way. Yeah. And I think one of the things that come to me right now is like, yes, we joke and we say like the world has lost its mind, Yeah, but these are truly the results of fear and panic. Yes. And what happens just naturally in, in the human brain and in our mind, like in our emotions, when we, go into a state of panic and how self-preservation is one of the very first things that we step into and how can I preserve myself and how can I preserve my family? And I need to do that. And so that can lead to things like hoarding or, you know, buying in huge quantities because I don't want to run out. Right. I think for me, what I've seen is the great tension is between fear and panic on one side and then sober judgment on the other. It's like, how do we, how do we, you know, not fall into fear and panic? How do we use sober judgment? And how do we love our neighbor? You know, that we as Christians have this unique calling and that calling doesn't go away just because we're in kind of a scary moment right now. Yeah. I think, um, well, it's funny that you said like fear and, and panic versus like sober judgment, because to me, the two extremes were like fear and panic and then complete apathy. Like, eh, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, if I get sick, I get sick. And that to me is what can lead to things like the elderly getting sick because maybe you're younger or you're healthier. And so there's this conversation you have with yourself about, you know, well, it doesn't really impact me. So I'm just going to go out and live my life and not realize that you may be transferring it to someone who yeah. is more susceptible to like becoming critical. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, one article that a friend uh, tagged us on, it said it had a good statement. It said the world is at war with the coronavirus. And I think that that's a really good way of saying it. I mean, in some parts of the world, there's a lot of suffering happening. And uh, kind of the the picture that was painted is 
you know, doctors in Italy right now are having to make the hard decision of who they're going to treat yes. because there aren't enough machines. There aren't ventilators. It, and, yeah. To yeah. keep everybody who's sick alive. Mm-hmm. And it is like wartime where you have to decide who's has the best prospects of living. Who are we going to let die because resources are diminished? Are few, yeah. And I think I making those kinds of ethical decisions of who to treat, who not to treat, um, there's some countries that are are really facing very difficult decisions. And what the president is trying to do and what our governor is trying to do and other governors is prevent what's happening in Italy. And so a lot of people are saying, well, it's way overreaction. Mm-hmm. But even if the, the need for ICU were to go up a little bit, that the the resources could be completely taxed yeah, well, in our know, hospitals. I was just, um, I was speaking with a, a friend who's a nurse. She's an RN. And then reading something that, that kind of confirmed what she was saying is that there's something like only 60,000 ICU beds in the States. And once those are taxed, those are taxed. And so how do we, and not to say that they can't open up different wards and, you know, create different measures for treatment, and housing people in, in, in hospital, but how do we minimize that need? And I think you're right. Like the, the president and the governor are trying to take measures so that we don't become taxed in all of our resources, but that we can maintain, you know, some kind of sensibility about all of it. Yeah. I think, you know, when we think about this, this issue, um, it's important for us to, when we're trying to weigh out fear and panic, sober judgment, how do we love our neighbor? Like to me, those are kind of all the tensions that are in this equation right now. One of the scriptures that has keep coming to my mind throughout the week is second Timothy one seven. And I forgot to send it to Bob uh, before the show, but it just says very simply for the spirit of God does not make us timid is what it says in the NIV. Some translations say he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. Um, but he's given us this uh, power, love, love and self-discipline yes. or sound mind. That to me is just a great verse for us to contemplate right now in what we're going through. And uh, yes, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us the power of a sound mind. So mm-hmm. it's okay to use reason and precautions wisdom. and wisdom that's not in conflict. So it's not like, well, if I don't have a spirit of fear, then I have a spirit of recklessness. Like those aren't the opposites of, of what God is saying here. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I found myself and I will be completely transparent and honest. Um, y'all can pray for me. I found myself frustrated mm. earlier this week because there was someone on my timeline and it was just like, you know, we don't need to worry about this because no plague shall come near my 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 dwelling. That was the the verse that they kept going to. And I'm like, great, that's that's on like that's open not open. That's awesome if that's the verse that you're leaning into and you're holding on to um for your own sanity. 
And how do we use good judgment and wisdom so that I know that I am also, you know, protecting myself and protecting my neighbor? Yeah. You know, how can we be, like you're saying, a good neighbor, not falling into the apathy because I am holding on to, you know, these one or two Bible verses, which I'm not saying don't hold on to Bible verses. I am. I think that as Christians, we have hope. We have hope that is found in Christ that we read about and we can extrapolate from the scriptures. And how do I stand for my neighbor in the physical? Yeah, that's good. Let's go to a few comments here. Kimba says, the Lord's keeping me in Psalm 23 for some time now. It's a good one to reflect on. I think the other day in our devotions, Bob read for us, was it Psalm 91? That was a really good one for people to to meditate on in uh, in this time. It's a good prayer of warfare. That's a good way of saying it, Bob. Uh, Jupe Vanderlinden. I wonder if this is one of my cousins from Holland. I don't know. I don't know. The name reminds me um, very much of a South African name. Well, isn't that some connection with Holland? Aren't those Dutch people? Yeah. Those are my, my, my ancestors there. You would say you. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I mean, it just. You can help me with the pronunciation. Hello. God bless and keep you both. Thank you for the thoughtfulness with which you approach the topics you discuss here. Thank you. So much. I appreciate that. Um, I think we would say yes. I, I don't know. These are just my thoughts. In my brain. All right. <laughs> I heard, Kimba said, I heard that they now shut down Denmark. Well, wouldn't it? Wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. So I, one of the things I was thinking about focusing on is focusing on the things that you can control. Mm-hmm. In times when there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of difficulty. It's like, okay. Rather than letting my thoughts run amok into fear, part of sound mind, sober judgment is what can I control? I can wash my hands thoroughly. Yes. Um, and you're supposed to count to 20 not and not by tens. Please don't count. Please, please <laughs> do not wash your hands counting to 20 by tens. <laughs> Folks, the devil is alive. I count to 30. I just, yeah. That's a scrubbing. Yes. Um, you know, we're trying to engage in as much self-isolation as we can. I still have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby's at home. Bob's here. But, you know, we have enough groceries, I think, to last us at least a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, try to engage in more family time. Uh, Neil Shenvey just posted on his page. I saw just a couple of minutes before he we went on the air. It's a helpful guide to people that don't homeschool, but now all of a sudden they find their kids at home. Yeah. He had some great tips in there of uh, just like, Hey, here's some things that you can do to help structure your day. And it was, it was really like a great little um, blog piece, Bob, if you want to search for it, it's, it's called homeschooling during COVID-19. He just posted it. I don't know if you have a search engine on there or not. uh, Yeah, no, it's on, it was on his Twitter feed, but it's on his website there. You're on the right site. If he has a search bar, just type in COVID-19. You know, another know. thing that I think about now that everyone is a homeschooler are the single parents who, oh, you know, have yes. kids and they have to work. Yeah. You know, reach out, be a friend. Uh, one of my friends yeah. posted on Facebook and was like, hey, if anyone needs babysitting during this time, I work at night. I'm home during the day. That's awesome. Um, You know, reach out to me. I'll watch your kids. Well, We'll put together like a little group. Yeah. We have pulled together people. Yeah. Okay. Bob's got it here. So if you want to go check out Neil Shenvey's 
article homeschooling during COVID-19. He's got that on his website. Um, and he's got some great tips. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm homeschooled. Why do you ask? <laughs> but I found these things to be true. I, I, I homeschooled for about 12 years and you know, making a schedule is so important. It's like having your kid know up front the night before we're going to start at this time you know, that there's a definite start time and we're going to go to this time and that we're going to have a lunch break and, and staggering subjects. That's another really good tip. Um, you know, have a schedule, have a plan, uh, and have free time. I'm, that is really important. I always worked with my kids on having some, some scheduled free time for them during the day. They could work on their art. They could, you know, do some project that they're working on, but they have structured, structured mm-hmm. time. Um, recruit student teachers. That's a great one of using the older kids to help instruct the younger kids. Um, I did that a lot uh, when my kids were growing up. So there's some really good tips there for people to, to check out. And another thing we can control is like sort of do our best trying to find reliable information. Yeah, I don't think that there's not that I don't think there's reliable information out there. I think there's a lot of information. There's a and lot. Some information conflicts with other information. Some information I've gone on Snopes and been like, oh, that's actually not true. Yeah. You know, so look and do some research on the information that's being presented because there's a lot coming out there. And it's so much that it can actually make your head spin. I mean, the the government place to go is the CDC website. You know, they they're doing updates all the time. A couple weeks ago, we highlighted um, AJ Roberts blog post uh, from Reasons to Believe. Uh, and it's pretty timeless. And then but she's posting daily updates on her Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. I've been following those. So if you want to go check those out, AJ has a PhD in molecular biology. She actually worked on the research for the first SARS virus, which this is a derivative of And um, she's extremely well-informed and can help with translating the developments as they happen. So go follow AJ on Facebook or Twitter. She was actually highlighted. That post right there was earlier this week. She was highlighted in Christianity Today as a a woman of science and faith. So she's a a molecular biologist and a virologist. Yeah, virologist specialist. So... Go check that out. Um, one of the things I will I will repeat again is that to be able to love your neighbor, yes, check on the person who may not have as much as you, like the single per the single yes. mom with the kids. Um, I really want to hone in on that because my feed is, you know, filled with a lot of concern about that. Yeah. Um, in fact, the- one of our viewers is saying that right now. Danielle says, "How can we be more intentional during this time?" of displaying the love of Christ. That's exactly That's, what, what I want to get into a little bit here. Maria is, said, um, with all the activities canceled, I see significantly more than normal families going out on walks together. It's a little glimpse um, uh, if of what's of what might, might be. be possible. Might be possible if we weren't, weren't all such in a rat race. I agree. But you know what? Like, if you, you go on a walk and you see that, that that mother and father are next door and they home with their four kids... Take them out. Get them on the rock, too. You got four kids. You got 20. No, I'm just yeah. That's wrong. That's wrong. Maria says, our family time isn't much different since we already homeschool, but a few e- evening hours I normally work have been canceled, so we'll slow down a little. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, trying to look at all of this as somehow being a blessing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that there's some provision maybe in all of this for us. And being able to have more face-to-face time. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about kind of what I, what we both have talked about, about the worldview differences and how we approach a crisis like this. Um, the Christians, I think it's important for us to be grounded in hope, not fear, because we have hope in Christ. We have an eternal hope. Death is not the end. We believe God is sovereign. We, none of us can add one day to our life. Mm-hmm. God is in complete control. All the days of our lives are written in his book. It says in Psalm 139. I'd really like to read that book. I wonder what, what's in that book. Yes. Uh, these are the things I think about. So we have to know that as Christians, God is in control. There's no reason to run amok. God is in control. We can't add one day from our, to our lives or take away one day from our lives. And because Jesus has ridden, risen from the dead, Easter is coming. That's when we celebrate that. Because he rose, we too will rise. We have a hope. So we should be displaying hope and peace and kindness. So when you're in Walmart trying to get the bleach, you know, we want to display the fruit of the spirit. We don't want to enter into the mob mentality. Mm -hmm. We know that God is in control. Um, I think another thing that I was reflecting on this week is this quote from C.S. Lewis. I wanted to show from the, that was published on the gospel coalition website. Um, and, uh, you know, Lewis lived during the second world war. And I think, I'm pretty sure that's the context for these comments. If we can just scroll down a little bit to the to the quote. Um, he says, uh, the author says, just replace ad- atomic bomb with coronavirus. And these words were written 72 years ago and they still ring some relevance for us. In one way, I think a great deal too much of the atom bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age or in the coronavirus age? I am tempted to reply, why as you would live, why as you would live in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat at any night, or indeed as you are already living in the age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway, railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all you love were already sentenced to death before the coronavirus was invented, before it started spreading. And a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. And we have that still, modern medicine. I mean, imagine coronavirus in an age without modern medicine. Imagine how much scarier it would be. I mean, we have scientists working on helping us understand how it's spread and, and working on a cure and working on containment. I mean, people are, we live in an amazing age. So we have so many advantages. It is perfectly ridiculous 
to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. It sort of sounds I hear echoes of Churchill in that, you know, keep calm and carry on uh, is sort of what I hear is sort of the British uh, sentiment. If we all are, if we are all going to be destroyed by the coronavirus, then let that virus, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. And I love this part, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about viruses. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. So that's a good word. Yeah, it's a good perspective. What are you found doing? Yeah. You know, what are we busying ourselves with? Are we busying ourselves with fear and panic, which won't add a day to our lives? Yeah. Or are we going to, you know, be busy about the things of kingdom, be busy about the things of our family and loving our neighbor? And how can we um, exhibit Christ's love in this time? You know, what is he calling us to do? How was he calling us to stand in the earth during this time? Because he is. There is definitely a way that we will be able to shine Christ's love and his light in the earth, even in coronavirus. And it's not new. Like the church has weathered many situations that are similar to this. We will be okay. The people of God will go forward. What we want to be is invitations to hope like let's think about how we can bring the light and the love of jesus to those around us um it really highlights the differences in our worldviews that we can tell people like look there's an alternative here you don't have to drown in fear there let me tell you about jesus we can be known for our calmness and for our sound mind rather than being known for going with the crowd and and just participating in panic. Yeah. Our friend Laura says, be kind to the Walmart workers too. They're having to deal with all the crazed shoppers. I was told that normal grocery store pickup is approximately 1700 a day. In the past two days, it was 7,000 at her Walmart. That's crazy. Um. And that says her daughter has fibromyalgia. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She has a staph infection. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I've had one of those before. It's really um, very scary. And flu B, already this winter, we are going places, but not keeping as far away, but keeping as far away as, as other people as possible. Um, Keisha liked the quote. That was excellent. Uh, yeah, Annette, I, you still have to go to work. I know I still do too. You're here. It's, it's a, it's a struggle. Monique and I are still, still working. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think what, one of the things I liked about the Lewis quote is that it harkens us back. One of the themes that we're always talking about on the show is like being more historically minded mm-hmm. to put things into their context. This isn't the first time this has happened. Um, and we don't want to. Um, shrink away from a hard time in our culture. We want to 
seize the moment for the kingdom of God. We want to trust the Lord. Uh, my daughter, Emily, texted me the other day. She's like, I, she's at Biola, and she's like, I'm hearing that churches are shutting down. Like, what's going on? And, um, you know, it was, she doesn't get a lot of news there, I think, you know, and doesn't always take time to see the news. And but she was really, like, confused as to why the churches were shutting down and running away. Um, but I'm noticing that ancient faith churches are not shutting down. Mm-hmm. They're just restructuring their schedule. So there's less people. They're having more services and spreading them out over multiple days. But they're like, look, we've had the liturgy for 2000 years. We've had the liturgy through bombings, through the plague, through all kinds of problems, we're not going to shut down the liturgy because of a virus. We can adjust. We can try to make it safe. We're not going to have certain practices, but we will go on. And I think that's interesting that so many ancient faith churches are having a little different perspective than some of our evangelical churches. So, all right. Sorry, how are the how are the I'm comments there? The comments. I think we've covered. I think we've covered everything. All right. So let's talk about loving our neighbor. Let's talk about some creative, creative ideas. There was a tweet last night that I I thought was really good along these lines of noticing people's needs. I I think so. Says my parents, sixty-four-year-old pastors emailed everyone over eighty in their church asking them to send their grocery orders. They're ordering groceries online and having them delivered to their doors with church money. Pastors get creative. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Let's think about how we can seize this moment how for the kingdom. The people within our community. And then how can we take that love outside of our community? Um, I think first understanding what are the needs within our community, within the church, you know, yeah. within the church. And then, and then taking that, outside i think that's just a biblical model yeah you know loving the your your church family first and then yeah. going outside and you know and being that stand in that light um i just i think it's wisdom now out here i'm not sure every state has this policy in place but we can't have any gatherings over like 250, 250 people yeah. so that's where even the the more ancient faith or the orthodox um, churches have decided, well, we'll do the liturgy over a few days because then we won't have more than, you know, 250 in place. Now, I do know some pastors who have smaller congregations and they're keeping their church doors open on Sundays. I've seen quite a few actually come through my feed, but I've also seen quite a few where they're like, you know, no, we're only going to be on in an online format. I guess at that point, we just have to trust the pastor and what Holy Spirit is speaking yeah. to his heart at that yeah. time. But I do think that there's something to be said in the idea of what are we trusting and and how are we living? Are we living in fear? Are we living in panic? And if it is fear, what what can we do to pull ourselves out of that fear and really be able to stand in a way that shows that we are of sound mind? I think yeah. um, breaking up the the service, you know, so that we can have multiple services so that people can still come in and we can still um, participate, you know, in a church service Yeah, is wisdom. Our friend Susanna says at her church, and I believe she goes to an Episcopalian church. United, uh, I think it's Methodist. Methodist, that's right. Yes. Methodist. Uh, she says they don't have services, but from 9 to 11, 
Our church is open for prayer. Oh, that's a good way of doing it. Uh, Danielle says her church is moving online. They literally just launched three or four weeks ago. Jen, my friend Jen, uh, she says, my neighbor saved me a trip to the store last night by giving me a new jar of peanut butter. Yes. It was a small thing, but so meaningful to me. That's awesome. Like, if you got extra supplies, think about, you know, maybe a family. I know Jen's got three young children. You know, she's a mom. And it's, it's, I'm sure that was very meaningful to her. Um, let's see. Oh, Rob Gibson. I wonder if that's the Rob Gibson. Um, he is the Rob Gibson. Yes. I don't even know him, but I know that he is the <laughs> Rob Gibson. Do some of the ancient faith churches still practice the common cup for communion? That's a really good question. I was actually, t- I'm, I'm so glad I had a conversation with my friend who's Orthodox about this today. Cause I asked her that very same question. And she said that because of their view that of the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they would say that because it is the body and blood of Christ, that there's the supernatural presence there. And so they don't see any problem. And she says, from their point of view, um, there's no contamination, if you will, um, in that cup. So at the end, as they've done for hundreds or thousands of years, the priest drinks the rest of the cup at the end of whatever is left. So all the germs are in there and he drinks it at the See, end. And I, and, I've always they don't been have, a germaphobe. But they like, don't have any oh, fear about it because to ooh. them it's all supernatural. And they say, you know, the priest doesn't get sick. And, and God, so, yes, and I God mean, sustains I can see that. Him. Yes. So they, for yeah. them, it's a miracle every week. And it, for me, it's a miracle too. <laughs> Don't play no names. I remember this tangent. I remember at my father's funeral, he was Catholic and they had the, the cup and everybody had to drink from the cup. And I was the oldest. Do you know how grateful I was to go first? Because I was like, oh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And I was just a little kid. And I was like, this is a lot of people. <laughs> I, I feel like if you are like a germaphobe and an introvert, kind of like me, you've been practicing for this. I've been practicing for this my whole life. <laughs> yeah, my introverted friends are like, great, we get to be inside. Get to inside. <laughs> I, I'm semi-introvert. I'm like 60, 40. Yeah. But yes. Okay. Keisha says, collecting snacks and... Meals for school children who will be missing meals during school closing is another way. Oh, yes. That is a great I, idea. I read about this today, too, that there are a lot of children who participate. And out here, I think it's called MAP, like the Mill Assistance Program. Okay. Who may not be able to, you know, their families may not be able to afford another meal. Like, this is the meal that they get. And it comes from school. And now school is closed. And it's like, ah, what am I going to do? Um... I'm checking Facebook. All right. Let's see. So let's see. Um, Jen, Jen Hampson agrees with you. She says, yes, they do. Still have the common cup. Common spoon. Yes, we spoon. do. Spoon. Yeah. Oh, spoon. Oops, sorry. Cup spoon. And, ahead, uh, and that is not sold on the uh, common spoon. <laughs> she has no, uh, no reason to do that. It's gross. Yeah, you just, you have to... Um, understand how they see it and yeah. from, from their perspective they see their priest week after week you know and they see all of them you know 
taking that common thing and they say, you know, that's a supernatural thing and they don't see sickness. And I and think s- that's awesome. Yeah. I believe that, so that it, there, there might just be something to that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> can I talk about the Bethel thing? because okay so yes i if you're gonna hold on to what you believe then i say hold on to it 100 percent. because i read an article t- earlier this week yeah about bethel and i'm not a bethel hater like i listen to their music it's not about that but they are huge in like walking faith in healing we're gonna walk in our miracle we're yeah. gonna believe da 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 but they canceled their healing practice to go to the hospital to pray for the sick because they didn't want to get coronavirus. I said, huh? Like, how how do you how do you participate and how are you a healing and faith ministry? And yet you canceling your opportunity to go participate in the thing that you say you believe. Maybe it's maybe I'm the only one, but there was something about it that just didn't sit right in my spirit. You weren't quite. I wasn't. And I'm still on it. I was like, no, we don't. This is what I'm saying. Like, we don't do that. Like, if we're going to hold to the common cup or common, common spoon. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then hold to what we believe. We don't necessarily retreat when, when the fire gets kicked up. This is our time to go in and to say, no, I still believe this. Yeah. Very good. Um, let's see. Our friend Susanna says that her former priest would say we have built up immunity since we are a family and use the common cup. It doesn't, it doesn't bother her now. So, um, interesting. Um, my friend Jen says, all right, she's publicly disclosing. So I think it's okay if I read it. She says, I have OCD with contamination fear. And so she's Orthodox. So she takes from the common spoon, Mm -hmm. uh, being my primary obsession and I'm not afraid to receive for me. It's the chance to say that I believe Jesus is who he says he is. So yes, come good. on. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus, I'm on the fire. Uh, no, um, y'all, when, when I saw this, I really could not, I was like, no, if, if we're going to believe we are not going to retreat, he has not given us a spirit of timidity. This like, let me pull back now that the fire is tough. no, no, we believe that he goes with us. Yeah. Very good. So uh, another concern I have is isolation because I know that isolation is is really a big a big part of all of this. And I I have such concerns about it. I'm I'm so conflicted because I know that isolation is part of having the sober judgment, the sober mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that we need to have some social distancing to to prevent the the spread of it. But that's different but, than total isolation. Like I'm going to sit here in my foxhole and not talk to nobody. Yeah. I'm because... really worried about people, you know, not having contact with the outside world. Um, we really hope grandma's watching tonight uh, on the stream and just know that we're thinking of you. It's sad that, you know, we're like, you know, thinking about the elderly, we're thinking about our friends and family who are older and, Maybe they live alone and, you know, how can we check on them and stay in touch with them? I was so glad that my mother's neighbor from across the street came by and said, if you need anything, let us know. We're trying to check in more, but it's, I'm worried about people that don't have family nearby. And so, you know, think about how you can love your elderly neighbors. Who do you know in your neighborhood that's alone? Maybe even if you've never met them, maybe go 
knock on their door. Introduce yourself. Oh, you know what else? Think about if you are involved in the life of a teenager and let's say that this is their senior year, a lot of proms and end of year things have been canceled and kids are like heartbroken. Graduations have been postponed. Have these conversations. What's going on with you? Are you okay? Check in. Are you okay? Because it's not fun. Like, it's not fun to go through 12 years of school and know that I'm about to walk on stage. I'm about to do my prom and all this. And now here comes the coronavirus and all that has to be postponed. My friend's kids, um, they said they weren't even rescheduled. I was like, well, maybe they'll reschedule. She was like, no, they just gave me my money back. And I was like, wow, you know, like, hopefully this is past enough by May, May, June, when children start to walk. Yeah. But at least they would have that time. But can you imagine being a senior in high school or a senior in college? And now you don't get to do your end of year activities. You don't get to do grad night. You don't get to walk on stage because you can't have a gathering of more than 250 people. I'm also really worried about a lot of workers, the 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 money they're losing, uh, getting laid off from their jobs. Um, we, our family lost a job, uh, already. We had a big job scheduled, uh, mm-hmm. for laser tag that got canceled, um, because the whole event got canceled. They didn't just cancel us. They, they canceled the whole, the whole mm-hmm. city function. And ours was part of that. And that was, you know, money that we were counting on. And that, we're just like a little drop in the bucket. Like some people are losing their employment. They're going to be laid off. You know, all the workers in the NBA and all the sports, the food vendors, mm-hmm. the parking people. I know there's a university out here that's laid people off. Yeah. You know, that was, that's income that people are losing. No one expected to lose a job behind this. Yeah. So keep those people in your congregation in mind. Keep those people on your radar and your neighborhoods. Go check in with them and and help to encourage them. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a really hard time. Tracy says her son's first robotics competitions have been canceled. Oh, I bet he was disappointed. I know that's a, a ton of work to to get ready for those oh. robotics Annette things. says my daughter is a senior. Mm. Mm. Have they canceled any of her? Um, she says they're moving to yeah. online classes. Yeah. Do they know if they're going to cancel like prom and grad night and graduation yet? So sad. So sad. Um, I think the government is going to help pay, going to help with sick pay or something. I heard that too, Kimba. Um, Something like you can, like families can apply for family leave. um, If you have to stay home with a child or something like that. I just read it. um, I think yesterday. If they cancel prom, she will be devastated. Yeah. I know a lot of, Kids, it was coming through my feed today. Yeah. You can't believe that these things are canceled. It's it's heartbreaking. And I know, like, some adults will just be like, well, don't worry. You'll have, you know, things that'll happen in your future that you'll look to, look forward to. And da, 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 da. You can't just wash it away like that. This is something that's super important to a teenager. Yeah. And to just be like, oh, don't worry. You'll have other important things. That's, that's bogus. Like, that's baloney. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. They want they want that empathy and they need that that sympathy to yeah. be with them in this because they are confused and scared too. And now, in addition to the confusion and the the fear, comes this retraction of the things that they were looking forward to. Yeah. One more th- point as we're talking about this from a Christian point of view is I really want to emphasize prayer. 
-hmm. Like we really need to be praying. Tomorrow is a national day of prayer that the president declared to have people of faith to pray. Um, of course we, as Christians, we, we pray in the name of Jesus. We, we believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So, um, we're appealing to him for help. And, and as you're guiding those prayers, like think about, you know, safety over our leaders, over the president, think of the researchers who are working to understand the virus, to help us with strategies, working on, um, developing a cure, but also a third thing that I haven't really heard anybody else talk about is pray against the schemes of the enemy to bring fear. Mm -hmm. I really think that there is, and some people are not going to agree with me and that's okay, but I really think there's a demonic component to all of this. That when you see this large of a scale of fear and panic, I can't help but think about the plans of the enemy Mm -hmm. to bring free people into bondage. That we will be desperate for stability, that we would be willing to give up some of our our human rights, some of our rights and our freedoms. And I see so much potential here for the enemy to really come in and cause long-term damage if too many people panic. And Christians can really be a force of helping to steady the boat. When you're on social media, think of what you're posting. Are yeah. you, are you just reposting messages of fear? Or are you helping to steady the boat a little bit? Are you putting some messages out there that hey, it's going to be okay? Let's talk about hope in Jesus. Let's talk about the sovereignty of God. Let me introduce you to a different way of seeing these things. But pray against the strategies of the enemy to bring so much chaos and destruction that it would begin to erode our country and our freedoms and the freedoms in other parts of the world, because in times of crisis, people are willing to give up their freedoms and bondage is part of the enemy scheme on a macro level. And so I think Christians, part of seeing the coronavirus through the lens of the cross is understanding that there is a scheme going on here of the enemy. I think that's a good word. It's a good word. It's a good reminder for us in in the way that we should be praying and different um, like avenues to pray. Laura says that the conversations about the spiritual warfare aspect are happening in her church circle. That's good to know. I just haven't hear a lot of that. Keisha says praying against fear and the schemes of the enemy. Yes, do that. Both Keisha and Annette have, um, have, daughters who are seniors. Mm. Um, so we will be praying. I'll be praying for them. Yeah. It's been rough. Yeah. So yeah. And pray for the protection of the president, his advisors, uh, that he has good godly advisors advising him wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom, sober mindedness, pray for him and, um, all of those things and look for some positives. I got a couple of positives here. I want to play a video this sort of reminded me of our trip to Walmart last night.
You didn't know I was taping this, did you? You didn't tape this. <laughs> I was like, I was with you. But that's kind of how it looked in the shelves. Yeah, it was. No. Yeah, it was a different Walmart. But it was at Walmart. He's playing Amazing Grace. It's just kind of trying to find a, a bright light in the midst of a lot of difficulty. Oh, it's a whole lot of them. Yep. There it is. Wow. Finding a little bit of joy where, wherever you can, even in the walls, the, the halls at Walmart. Yes. So. I got one more here. Uh, uh, I got this other two. one. I got this other one that I sent you. Hopefully. You? No, I got one. Oh, okay. Never mind. On the second one. So. All right. Yeah. Oh. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, and we need to pray for parents. Kids are feeding off of their parents' fear and anxiety. Yes. 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 That yes, is yes. a word, Danielle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We also need to pray for parents because kids are just feeding. Like somebody posted, my child is home now and they want like three home cooked meals and additional snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but these are your children. Yes. Yes, but that that fear is real. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a whole um, psychological component to fear and how mm-hmm. we share our fear and how other people breed and, and breathe and, our and fear. And it comes onto our yeah. kids. Yeah. And, you know, so that's that's a real word. And yeah. we have to understand that when we display panic and fear, our kids breathe that in and they take that upon themselves. Yeah. Even without knowing it. And, you know, what that does in their mind, but then also what that does to their physical body. Yeah. Like fear really harms us physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what today is? It's our anniversary. It's our birthday. <sighs> anniversary. If you know that song, then I know you know, but you know, <laughs> I'm just dating myself. It's our birthday. One year ago. I wrote uh, Monique. Uh, hey. Into sitting behind uh, the microphone. Uh, uh, uh. And she just kept saying, what are we doing? Yeah. I, I I, ah, this reminds me of, um, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Um, I can't think of his name. I like this song. It's showtime, 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 showtime. Oh, Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. Guess who's back again? One year ago, one year ago we... One year ago, let me tell y'all the real. Oh no, the devil is alive. Take this down. Take this down. No, no, no. That is Wait, me. we got the answering questions on theology. Wait a minute. What happened? Real life, uh, real life situation. Not, oh, the camera's too low. Look how small our monitor is. Both have our Biola sweatshirts. Yes, here we go. No, what? What? I'm, See, I'm no. about fifty pounds heavier. Yes. Yes. There it is. Okay, 
go, no, no. Can, can we do away with this? This needs to go in the vault. Yes. Just a few. <laughs> Only. Keisha, I knew you knew that song too. Twenty twenty twenty. Yes. <laughs> I knew somebody out here had to know this song. Um. Okay. So let me tell y'all the story of how this happened because people will not believe me. Let me tell you. So we sitting on the couch, right? I'm living my best life. I didn't just came home from the mission fields. I am recovering from mission field PTSD. I am just living. And all of a sudden, Krista goes, you know, I've always wanted to do a show. And I was like, a show for what? Thinking she wanted to do this show by herself. Because surely she wasn't rapping me in it. And, you know, I just wanted, you know, we'll just talk about cultural issues in light of Christianity and the historic Christian worldview. Hoodwinked and bamboozled, people. I was hoodwinked and bamboozled. Here we are a year later, yes, and people coming on. Look at me. Look at, see, this is the look of a person who was only going to do one show. It wasn't even a show. She thought we were doing a sound check. Yes. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. I look like I just woke up and don't have no makeup on. My hair is still in braids. Sorry. But you love the show now. I do, and I couldn't really you see my life. life without it. Look at this. Look at I don't know where to look. Yeah. I, I haven't learned how to look at the camera yet. We are a mess. <laughs> this is our first show. I'm smacking my lips together because I'm like, how long is this going to last? What are we doing? Yeah. Well, why are we still here after a year? We're still here after a year because I think that we can use our voice and speak into a space that... I don't personally see a lot of pastors speaking into, or a lot of churches speaking into, or ministries in general. Um, one of the things that is really heavy on my heart. Abby was her first comment. Too. Oh, Abby was. A, oh, oh, Abby, keeping it real in 2019. Look at you coming through for us. Um, but no, seriously, like one of the things that is heavy on my heart most days is talking about culture and issues within culture within the church how do we equip parishioners or people like me who just come i'm not a theologian you know and i know you are and that's awesome or i am a theologian because i have thoughts about god you know uh, <laughs> but i haven't gone to school for it yet um but oh gosh Bob still got that video can, going yeah that the video is distracting <laughs> i'm just gonna say <laughs> But how do we equip people to really talk about the things that are happening? If we if we don't present it in church, how do how do people know? How are people aware of things like critical race theory or critical theory? Yeah. And, you know, some of the attacks that happen on people of color and some of the attacks that happen because you wear white skin. Yeah. Like, how do we acknowledge that and say, as a Christian, this is our position. How do we talk about mental health or how do we talk about TikTok? Yeah. You know, my kids on TikTok, I want them to continue to be on it, but what, what's the real? Like, how do I really know what's going on? Yeah, I think that what you're pointing out there is you feel like there's this disconnect between sermons we hear in church. Everything's like, pretty and beautiful and positive thinking and live yes. your best life. And then yes. people go out in the real world and they're like, what yeah, but the in good, the what, what, what <laughs> I go out in the real world and people are angry about race and my kids on TikTok and 
I, they might be looking at porn and I don't know what I'm doing. And, and how do I talk about <laughs> PTSD? Maria, we said, you look like you just escaped prison. <laughs> We do. We look like we are on the run. We do. And now we're talking about our journey out of like the the pen. <laughs> I don't I don't really know. I don't know. The lighting is terrible. Y'all can call me like two braids. That's that's my like my jail name. My jail name is two braids. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? That's a mess. It is, Maria. I do agree. I am. I would like to publicly apologize. Even <laughs> Bob still got it up there. I know. I would like to publicly apologize. <laughs> For, yes. Oh my Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It, yes. So, anyways, we hope that the show is blessing you and helping to fill in those gaps. That's the between. Goal. Like, hey, I say I'm a Christian, but I really don't know how this is supposed to work out in my real life. Yeah, like, how do we just have real conversation? Like, I remember my friend, I have a friend, Lucy. And back in the day, we used to have Keep It Real Tuesdays. I just kind of see this as an extension of Keep It Real Tuesdays when we would just sit down and be like, okay, what's the what's going on in your life? Like, what's the real? What do you think about this? Like, what's the real? And for me, that's what this is. Like, this is our chance to be like, you know... TikTok is real, and this is how we look at it in in a historic Christian perspective. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone um, yesterday, and they asked me, um, but do you think that the word of God can't address everything mm. that, that we find in our current culture? And I am just silly enough to <laughs> say yes. I do think that there, there, there's something that we can pull from the word of God to address the things that are happening in culture. And maybe I'm silly, maybe I'm naive, and I just don't know. But um, there's a verse, I want to say it's Proverbs, and it says that it's to the glory of God to conceal a matter, to the glory of kings to search it out. And that is kind of where where I see this process as mm-hmm. like how I see this process happening. Like it's to my glory, it's, to me as 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 his child, it's to my benefit to search the scripture and to find how this part of scripture relates to culture, so that I can continue to live out the faith that has been given to me. That's such a good word because when I thought about doing the show for I I think at least six years, I've had this idea that I thought. I wonder what it'd be like to do a show on current events, things that are happening in culture, and then to use that as a way of teaching people about the faith and, and how Christianity applies and speaks into all of these issues. And I just kind of roped you into it because I thought if I sit down and I explain this whole idea to you, you'd be like, no, the I'm whole not, term is hoodwinked and bamboozled. You would be like, no, I guess. Yes, I generally tell you no about once a week about the show. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And then here I am. Eh. Okay. Um, um, Donna says, there is a principle for everything. Kimba, nothing new under the sun. That's right. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. There, it, Yeah, like we, 
we can. God has given us, I, and I completely believe, all that we need for life and godliness. That's right. And I feel like I can find it. Now, does it take work? Yes. Does it take going back and understanding what the original author intended and but what was the transcultural principle? Since, since the beginning. I was always here. Let's not <laughs> even play. That's my alter ego, two braids. <laughs> the prison escaping. Yeah, yeah, I do look like I got out of prison. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I think it's been a great journey, and we've had a lot of fun together, and it's led to a lot of great growth and conversations between us. And um, are you ready to do the wrap? We're ending already? Yeah. I we've been, we we've been over here yapping for like an hour. Are we doing the tweet? Okay, well, let's do, let's do, do you want to do St. Patrick's Day or do we want to just skip to the tweet? Okay. Well, uh, I think, I think I sent it to you, but. I sent it to you. You want me to send it to you real? This is us in real life, in real time, just, you know. Yeah. Just doing our show notes and prep, you know, while you watch. Hi. This is us. This is right, us. Ready? Yes. Tweet there of the week. We oh, we don't have the opening this week. Oh, all right. No, it's okay. Here we go. No. No. We don't need the opening. No, no it's okay. No. no, no. It's all right. All right. So I should explain. Oh, well, there was that. <laughs> People, we have, we've come out of jail, but we haven't gotten that far. All right. So the tweet of the week. Uh, now I should explain that this is a parody account. This woman's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And her whole shtick is to make fun of critical theory and social justice. It's a pretty funny Twitter account if people want to follow her. She makes funny comments about social justice. Can you say shtick on the air? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's, her whole, that's her whole deal. Oh. Hopefully we don't get throttled by YouTube. I don't so know. I just she she uh, uh, is, a, is a comedian. So this is not a serious tweet. She, this is a parody tweet. But it links to a real book. And Monique's like, you have to make this the tweet of the week. Are you concerned that your baby doesn't have sufficient grounding in intersectionality, postmodernism, and critical race theory? Then this is the book for you. It's called The Anti-Racist Baby. Now, I thought the book was a parody. No. And then I sent it to Monique. She says, oh, no. This, no. Is, this is a I real book. I, I, <laughs> this is a real book. Stuff. Yeah. So tell us about who the author is. His name is Ibram Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi. And he is a social justice warrior. He does a lot of writing. He's written two or three other books um, about social justice, how to be an anti-racist, all of everything along the social justice warrior, critical race theory um, genre. And so... He's the author of this book, but I guess what he's what he's proposing is that in his studies, he's finding that children are indoctrinated into racism from the time they're born. And so, you, yes, it is. It, it comes out in June. I think June 10th. It's on pre-order. So, yeah, Monique, on June 16th. Monique will be ordering it. We'll, we'll do a little book review. There's that. Well, story um, time. So, the, the idea is that you need to start 
um, changing the narrative for your child, basically either in the womb or as soon as they come out because they're born into racist structures and we need to have anti-racist children, not just children who are not racist. See, and there's a difference. If you're just not a racist, that means you're fine, I guess, <laughs> but you're not an anti-racist. And an anti-racist is someone who's actually doing the work of ending racism, who acknowledges their own participation in racism and divest themselves from that, that mindset or model. Very good. We got a few more comments here. Um, <clears throat> Donna says, you guys are doing a great job of helping us navigate culture. Well, we're glad to, to know that it's helping you, Donna. Danielle says, Monique, you need a shirt that says hoodwinked, bamboozled, repeat. Uh -huh. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> that sort of insinuates that that happens to you a lot. No, I'm only wearing it when I'm with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, my goodness. Word. Goodness. That was hilarious, though. Sorry. Uh, Donna says, it's bad. It's bad when life is too crazy that we can't figure out what is and isn't parody. <laughs> you mm, got to research it. Right? Is this a parody account? Is this fake news? Good sweet. Mm. Looking forward to hearing the review. Yes. yes. Comes out June 16th. I hope to have my copy on June 17th. <laughs> yes. So I thought it would be a, a great way to end the show tonight uh, to read from Matthew 6, since we've been talking about um, <clears throat> not being fearful. Yes. So I think Bob has it. There it is. Therefore, I tell you, <clears throat> do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you? This this is a this is a verse that. Y'all need to underline in your Bible. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow is thrown into the fire. He will, will he not much more clothe you? you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I hope that that we've been able to give you a good kind of perspective tonight on the show on the many aspects of the Corona virus uh, crisis. And you know what? I, I'm glad that you read that, um, that verse because I know I found myself today just kind of like in this, Oh no. Oh no. Like my mind and my social media feed and all of that has kind of just gotten me to a place of being in this low, like under underlying fear and a couple of times today, you've been like, hey, we're not we're not entering into fear. So thank you for that, because that's super helpful. Um, but 
It is so easy. Why am I on the screen? I don't know. When she's talking. I don't know. I was I'm so like self-conscious. I'm like, am I supposed to be doing something? You know. (laughs) All Um, right. Yeah, it Made just. A mistake there. Sorry, uh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> it just, I think that that verse is super helpful. Yeah. You know, um, we don't have to worry because he loves us. That's right. You know, and so, yeah, we'll we'll keep a, a sound mind about ourselves. That's right. Well, we hope we, we've helped you tonight and it's been a good show. I'm glad that we tried to tackle this, hopefully tackling yes. in a lot of different ways yeah. and, and laughing at ourselves along the way. That was crazy hopefully two braids never makes an appearance again. <laughs> i think she might have almost come tonight but no two braids will never show up again all right no all right that's because friends. i had washed my hair and i was gonna do a braid out which and is a whole different issue yes, that i need to do a whole segment on the show about a braid out but yes <laughs> um, i was letting my hair dry it takes like 24 hours to let my hair dry <laughs> so people the struggle is real it is okay All right, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in and watching us each week. And we thank you for all of your support. Please share the show. It's the the really the best way you can help support us is share the show, like the show, comment. And thank you for all of your engagement and comments. Some of you, thank you for being with us. The if not the whole year, the better part of the year. Love interacting with you and being in the chat box. It's been a good good year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. God bless. Bye.